Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after Toronto Raptors had quite possibly the first ever stress-free playoff game in um, Raptors history. I mean, they've had other ones, but this one was was jubilant. It was jubilant. The Raptors taking on the Sixers in Game 5 by a score of 125-89. to They delivered the smackdown. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about a performance like this. The Raptors just totally dominated the Sixers, who, I, to be honest, I don't think they came that prepared to play. Um, and, you know, part of that goes down to Joel Embiid having uh, another sickness. Um, apparently, he was running a fever so hot he couldn't even go to shoot around. So, you know, there's that. But, you know, the Sixers just, they, they look terrible. The Raptors won every single quarter. First quarter, 27-26. Uh, Jimmy Butler had a bunch of, you know, bogus free throws that kept him in it. Raps blow the doors off the Sixers in the second quarter. I mean, the bench comes in and the bench starts contributing. And when the Raptors bench starts contributing, I mean, it is, it's game over. Because, you know, the Sixers bench, they're, they're just, they're bad. They're bad, and um, you know it, it's only in this series did they look good against the Raptors bench because the Raptors bench was you know um, underperforming to such a great degree. But today the Raptors bench came in and contributed. Raptors in the third quarter win twenty eight twenty seven. You know came out to a little bit of a slow start to start the third because the Sixers were down twenty one at halftime. So Sixers make their push. The Raptors call timeout. Nick Nurse, you know very astutely recognizes, look, my team has just given up like a 7-2 run to start the quarter. He gets his troops organized, and all of a sudden the Raptors are back up double digits. You know, there's dunking going on. There's just all sorts of playmaking going on. Um, Threes are being splashed. And then the fourth quarter, Sixers never really made a push. Raptors just kind of put them away immediately. And you you, you got Kawhi Leonard putting Joel Embiid on a poster. You got... Uh, Mark Gasol telling Joel Embiid to come outside and then nailing a three right in his face. I mean, like I said, it was a jubilant night. And, and truly, truly, the Raptors gave us a stress-free playoff game in what otherwise was a very stressful and tense moment. You know, the Raptors were tied 2-2 coming into this series, or into this game. Now they are up 3-2. Um, but this is a very big game. And for the Raptors to come out and just lay the smack down on the Sixers, was incredibly impressive. Now, like I said, I, I think a lot of this is down to the Sixers not really being totally prepared. You can tell. Like, when Embiid's not playing well, the Sixers, they just really don't know what to do, right? Um, they kind of just need a guy to step in. Today, the guy who stepped in was Jimmy Butler, who has been pretty good all series. But, like, realistically, man, like, if Jimmy Butler is controlling every single possession and coming down at you, like, this is not the... This is not the TNT Bulls that he's running. This is not the former Raptors with, you know, DeMar and Terrence Ross or whoever that couldn't guard Jimmy whatsoever. Like, this is a team that's pretty equipped to absorb that. So if it's just going to be Jimmy Butler going at your defense over and over and over again, Raps can be okay. Raps can be okay. And, you know, Butler, you know, he did flop his way into a couple free throws or whatever. He finished his 22 points, team high. Pretty much the only player that showed up for the Sixers, so you can't blame Jimmy whatsoever. 
But like that's just not how they're gonna win. The Sixers, they kind of this. This is what I mean by they came unprepared because like it was just like Jimmy would take over every single possession and like Jimmy does this LeBron thing once in a while. But it's like you're you're not LeBron. Uh, you just you're just not. And the way the offense runs when Butler has it, it just takes everything you know away from what the Sixers want to do. Like Redick only having six shots in 31 minutes is a symptom of really bad playmaking. Like the fact that because Reddick can get a lot of offense, but he if if Butler is running the show, I mean there's no you know uh, dribble handoff with with Embiid and and uh, and Reddick that's so effective. You know it means you know there's no post ups for Embiid now. Embiid was kind of you know he just wasn't in the game whatsoever. It's kind of getting clowned on on both sides, but basically by everybody. So you know it, it is just what it is, but. Um, you know, nothing for Embiid. Tobias Harris just exclusively takes bad shots, and it just he is he's been such like I, I, I coming into the series. I wrote in the preview, the series preview with uh, that I did with Vivek about the Sixers that I could even see a scenario where Tobias Harris is a minus. Um, and honestly, so far it's he was a minus tonight. He was a minus thirty four tonight. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't really doing his thing. Um, because defensively, you know, he's just, he just doesn't defend. And then offensively, if you're going to have Butler take over so much of the offense, then I don't really see where Harris is going to get his shots. And then, you know, then you get the guy like Ben Simmons who like, yo, he took five shots tonight, five. He, he finished with a seven, seven and four stat line. You know, this is not a slander pod. This is not a slander pod. I'm going to save those until after the series is over. But like. I mean, this was a kangaroo Carter Williams esque performance of seven points, seven rebounds, four assists, like only taking five shots. You know what I mean? And, and like Simmons, after he gets out of half court, does he do anything? No, he doesn't do anything. Especially if Butler's going to control everything. So, I think the Raptors defensively played it well. And I think one thing that worked really well with the Raptors is where Butler has really hurt the team is when he takes these threes. And all of a sudden, he takes a couple of these. You know, he gets high. You know, hits that three sixty no scope the other day, and it's like, all right, so then he could really hurt you because if he hits those threes. Then you know it, ra- it racks up the points, but I think the Raptors did a really good job tonight defensively as a team to get Butler off the three point line. I thought Nick Nurse was very smart in terms of just using Danny Green in the first half. I thought Danny's defense on Butler has been pretty on point. He's been forcing him to work hard for his shots, and if he's getting shots off, he's getting you know the occasional you know miscommunication. He gets to the lane for a layup, and you know the, some turnaround jumpers. But like it's tough stuff that it's it's not going to kill you. Um, and you know, if he's not getting those threes, he only took two threes tonight, Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah, you're going to live with that. You're going to live with the fact that, you know, he shot six of 16 from the field. And I thought, you know, go back to my point about nurse, you know, he had Danny green on him in the first half In the second half, he starts off with a different look with Kawhi uh, with, um, you know, with Pascal Siakam. And it's just, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult thing. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, one, you, you got Danny, Danny green, who's always positionally sound, always forcing him to his left hand, always running off the three point line. And then all of a sudden you get Siakam, which is an entirely different matchup because, you know, all, all the little turnaround jumpers and stuff, little post-ups, like you can't really do that over Siakam because he's just so much longer than you. So um, just like we saw in game four where the Raptors, you know, had Danny and then they had Kawhi, like you're just putting different looks on, on Butler has been great. But, um, you know, that's enough about the Sixers. Look, they, they just didn't show up, you know, prepared. And, and their bench was just... So bad. James Ennis finally had a bad game. James Ennis tonight. I thought he got a, a bit of a rough whistle. Um, I think there were like two possessions where the Raptors just ran into him and kind of threw their arms up and got foul calls, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, James Ennis 0 for 4 tonight. It's just, you know, 
Uh, come on, man. I mean, James Ennis, he used up all his magic. At least I hope he used all his magic up in games one through four because he was stellar in those. But um, let's talk about the Raptors, though. Let's talk about the Raptors. So I, I this is one of the first off. This is a much healthier dynamic for the Raptors. Uh, you know, we saw in, in, in the wins in games one and four, that's just pure talent. That's when you have the best player in the series, and he plays like the best player in the series, and you know, everything else just kind of falls into place. Like, you know, and Ka- Kawhi was phenomenal in game one. What do you have, like 45? And then, you know, uh, in game four, he hits the game winner, finishes 39. Like, just stellar performances, right? But the the team as a whole really didn't function well behind him. You know, I think it was a, Kawhi likes to play slow, and the team wasn't really pushing the pace, and they were just trying to, like, you know, get it to Kawhi every single time down the floor. And, and you know, it's an effective thing. You're going to always – Kawhi can always get his bucket. But if the rest of the team can contribute like they did tonight, that's when the Raptors are at their best. And um, that's what happened tonight. I, I mean, like, every single Raptor – in the rotation, made a contribution today. And and it's really encouraging because I don't think it's really happened since basically that Orlando game in about game five where they just, just shut the door. But, you know, they got contributions from everybody. And, and um, you know, that was quite nice. Kawhi obviously leading the way. Um, you know, 21 points, 7 of 16 shooting. Uh, got to the free throw line, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. I mean, Kawhi did everything right today. Two steals as well, like no turnovers. I mean, he just... He he got whatever he wanted, and and the best time about it was the Raptors were up after the first quarter, even though Kawhi only had five points, um, and that means the rest of the team obviously chipped in with twenty two, and you know it was clear very early on that the rest of the guys are gonna you know get their stops and get their you know points, and so Kawhi can just focus on you know dunking on Embiid or <laughs> dunking on uh, Tobias Harris and Mike Scott to to end the half, and you know. Um, you know, making great passes to Danny Green, getting rebounds. I think Kawhi's rebounding has been so huge because um, one of the ways the Sixers like to get on the offensive glass is through Ben Simmons, who is 6'10", and even if he's on a mismatch with like a Danny Green or whatever, he likes to go over the back, and he's very athletic. So having Kawhi in that matchup really does neutralize uh, Ben Simmons just because I don't think Simmons can get a rebound. He can't get around Kawhi. He's, Simmons is so used to, you know, his whole game is bullying other players, and so when he can't bully Kawhi, he... he I mean, this, this, listen, man, Ozzy Rondo, he just can't do anything. <laughs> just seriously, like, he had seven points today, so, and no offensive rebounds. So, Raptors as a whole did a great job on the defensive glass. Finally, keeping the Sixers to only five offensive rebounds. Um, but, you know, Kawhi was great, man. Kawhi was great. I mean, he that, that mural that went up um, on Queen Street, which you can see it's, like, right by Osgood Station, uh, by the stag shop. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's... He <laughs> that one-handed dunk. I mean, he did that twice today, and you can update that mural with Joel Embiid, please, please. So, um, I, I don't know what the shop is that that actually has the mural. I think it's called OD. I saw a lot of Supreme stuff and, and hype beast shit in there. So it seems to be some sort of hype beast store, and then it's right beside the stag shop. So, you know, I think you could just someone, some illustrious artist out there should really just go to the stag shop and draw Joel Embiid. Uh, getting dunked on by Kawhi Leonard. Just finish that mural. Finish that mural. Put put Embiid on there because, you know, that's, uh, that's what Kawhi did. He didn't just posterize him. He muralized him. Um, Pascal, much better today than he was in Game 4. Obviously, he was very physically limited in Game 4. Clearly, wasn't at, him, uh, at his best. But today, much more um, – it was apparent from the jump. Like, his first shot was he got into the post – Sized up Tobias Harris and uh, just went to work. You know, hit him with one of those turnaround spinning layups, and it's just like, oh yeah, 
Pascal's back. You know, Pascal hits a corner three after that. Uh, hits a wing three, which I think was really key. I think that's a huge development in his game is to be able to play above the break. And, um, you know, right now his game is mostly on the, uh, on the baseline. He's already scoring like 20 points off hustle and, and, and plays on the baseline. So that's already pretty impressive. But if he can also combine those plays with, um, you know, being able to uh, hit those threes from above the break where Joel Embiid is completely ignoring him and did that one one time today and also had a mid-range uh, jumper that off the dribble too. Like, if he can add those elements to this game, I mean, it's over. But, um, you know, also getting out in the fast break, you know, again, his, his calf and his hamstring. Apparently he's got a hamstring issue now on his left hamstring. Um, you know, I, he mentioned after the game, he was like, look, man, I'm just, you know, everybody in the playoffs is a little bit banged up, but... Pascal was great, uh, and defensively, too, uh, just really active, you know, swarming the ball, getting out in the fast. And this is a classic Pascal game, and so, you know, he, look, he only shot 2 of 7 from 3, but otherwise a very efficient game. He got to the line 10 times, team high 25 points. Great game for Pascal, and it's very encouraging that his uh, his physical condition has improved so much in uh, the last couple of days because – you know, um, the Raptors going to need Pascal at his best to do anything. And, it, it, you know, if, if we do look ahead to the next round, which, you know, nothing's settled so far. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But whether they play Boston or whether they play Milwaukee, like especially Milwaukee, they're going to need they're gonna need Pascal to be at his physical peak in terms of just his performance, you know, especially because he's probably going to draw the matchup against Giannis. So, um, you know, we got to keep a close eye on Siakam's health. But today was a very positive step. Marcus all I mean the thing with Mark is that like you know he's never going to be too low and never going to be too high um I think defensively did a great job against Embiid look if you look at it right game three obviously different situation Embiid scores 33 points you know in 28 minutes he's celebrating he's doing every single celebration possible which by the way Embiid doing a little airplane celebration uh in game three is kind of calling him come back to haunt him because uh after I think it was right after, like, Kawhi dunked at him or whatever, and then Embiid was checking off the floor, and then you see Drake and a bunch of Raptors fans behind him, you know, mocking him with the airplane celebration. It's, it's pretty funny. Look, if you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it. So I think Embiid is able to take it. But still, I mean, if you look at the performances, right, and, and maybe I jumped the gun a little bit by after game two, I wrote about how Marcus Gasol is giving Joel Embiid that, um, you know, Nick Busevich treatment. And, and, and I meant at the time, I, I wrote in my piece, I was like, look, man, Embiid is a different player than Nick Busevich. He's on a different level, and he's going to break out of it eventually. And look, if you look at it, game one, Embiid, 16 points, eight rebounds, two assists, five of 18 shooting, not a good performance. Game two, 12 points, six rebounds, five assists, two of seven not a good performance, aside from the fact that he had a clutch layup um, and also that pass to Jimmy Butler. So I'll, I'll give him a pass, but overall, not a good performance. Game three, obviously phenomenal, 33 points. You know, I had to rehash that. You know, it was, it was sensational. Um, and then game four, 11 points, two of seven shooting, just not good. And today, I mean, this was his worst performance yet. He had 13 points on five of 10 shooting, but he had eight turnovers. And he only got to the free throw line twice. Like we're talking about Joel Embiid here, right? Like he is, when he is even fifty percent, he's supposed to be in the paint. He's supposed to be causing havoc. But I mean, look—if you look at it, he's had four bad games and one good game, right? And if if you if you, I mean, it doesn't even really matter what uh, Gasol is doing offensively necessarily. His number one job is to keep Embiid in check, and he has done that. He has really done that. And today. Um, you know, Gasol did his usual stuff on offense, but there was one play where 
in the fourth quarter. He has it up top. Uh, he gestures to... I'm not sure if he was gesturing to get Serge Ibaka to post up and then feed him on the high load that works so well in game four, or if he was um, just gesturing for Embiid to come out and guard him. Because, you know, look, listen. Embiid volunteered before the series started that uh, he has a lot of respect for Gasol. You know, Gasol used to give him tips after, you know, beating him in previous matchups when he was younger and just giving him tips on, like, you know, this is what you should do next time, you know, like just kind of rooking him and stuff like that. You know, it was a nice guy, actually. Yeah, I don't think it was even rooking. He was just trying to be a nice guy. But, um, and, and, but yeah, I mean, maybe there's just more of that today because it looked like Gasol had gestured for <laughs> Embiid to come out to the perimeter. Embiid didn't really want to and kind of was hesitant. And, and Gasol was like, all right, cool. I'll just like splash a three right in your eye. But, um, yeah, the fact that Gasol didn't turn down his, uh, open threes is, is huge because, you know, he, he still could have shot like one or two more, but three or five from deep from Gasol is pretty good. Um, and the defensive, I thought he was, was excellent against Embiid. Um, Nick Nurse also staggered uh, the minutes a little bit better so that Gasol was sort of consistently guarding Embiid, but part of that was also because something that happened with Serge. It was all expensive. Like, but Danny Green, moving down the list, he was great. Five threes. Back to hitting open triples, you know, the three steals as well. 17 points in 27 minutes. I mean, great effort from him. I like that they got the minutes down a little bit more too because he's talked about how much him playing 40 minutes at this point is is going to take a lot out of him. And so he was able to just convert open looks finally. I mean, he's been kind of cold today. I mean, these these performances were kind of coming. You know what I mean? Like he shot five of seven um, from three today. He also had a little baseline jumper that he missed but uh, for two. But, you know, just spacing the floor for Kawhi. Kawhi always trusting that, you know, Danny, his longtime teammate from San Antonio and now in Toronto, is able to knock down these threes, and he did that tonight. And it was, uh, it was, it was a great sight to see him finally hit some open threes. It's, it's, it's a huge boon for the Raptors' offense. And look, the Raptors, offensively, um, they've been able to let the Sixers get off the hook because the Sixers have been packing the paint, they've been doubling Kawhi, and there's just tons of open threes everywhere, and the Raptors haven't made them pay. Tonight, they made them pay. 16 threes, a lot of that was Danny Green. Kyle Lowry, I mean, another one of his quietly stellar all-around performances. Um, you look at the fact that, look, 19 points in 34 minutes is pretty much all you can expect from Kyle. It's pretty, pretty good. The fact that he only did it on nine shots is great. Uh, I thought he was really opportunistic in terms of driving to for contact, especially in uh, transition and semi-fast break and things like this. Um, getting to line eight times is rare for Kyle nowadays, but it's, it's a great sign to see him confidently stepping around. I think the Raptors' first basket of the game was Kyle Lowry stepping around the screen and pulling out for three, which is great. And he's just mixing a couple of spots where he can be opportunistic. You know, he's not going to go to the rim when Embiid's there. I know he had one clutch layup in the fourth quarter of game four where he did that. But, you know, for the most part, he's not going to go in there and challenge with the trees. It's just not going to go well for him. But uh, if it's Tobias Harris guarding him, if it's James Ennis guarding him, he's just like, you know, forcing the issue, getting into the body, neutralizing the defender, and then throwing the shot up. And Kyle's great, man. Kyle's great. I mean, the all-around hustle plays that he made tonight, obviously you can you get the usual playmaking and, and the rebounding and and, uh, and the leadership. I mean, you know, just a regular-ass great performance from Kyle. So, you know, you got all five starters finishing in double digits. That's great. You got Serge Ibaka coming off the bench with 10 points. Now, look, 10 points is 10 points, but... First off, any contribution off the bench right now is is huge for the Raptors because you know they just they just need scoring and they need consistent minutes. Serge stepping up in the last couple of days has been just um, such a 
positive for the team. I mean, first off, the fact that he can somehow now just go back to playing power forward after spending the entire season playing center is just incredible. Now, look, he's played power forward his whole career. He's, I would say, functionally, he's more of a power forward than a center, but it's still not an easy transition to play one single role all year and then to just switch back all of a sudden to get used to playing with Marcus Saul. You know, Kyle had a funny quote in post game where he was like, you know, those guys are making it work. You know, they're, they're talking Spanish to each other. None of us can understand, but you know, it, it's working. And I was like, that's true. That is true. And, um, you know, obviously they have that experience together from the Spanish national team. You know, they played many tournaments. Brett Brown talked about that. Brett Brown used to coach Australia. I mean, maybe he still does. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Brett Brown used to talk about how, look, man, these guys, you know, Serge and Mark, they've played together in gold medal games and stuff, and there's experience. There's there's um, there's reps that are built in, and these guys know what to do. And I think, you know, in the regular season when these two guys have played together, you know, in the spare minutes that Nick Nurse used to find for him um, and these two center lineups, it just didn't look good because it was sort of awkward offensively. But I think, you know, this is the difference between a regular season and a, in a, in a playoff game is that in a regular season, you know, Players are trying to go out there. They're trying to get you know their points, their baskets. They're taking it seriously, but they're not taking it as seriously as in the playoffs. And I think you know, Serge accepting his role, um, you know, him playing first off more with uh, Kyle Lowry has really gotten better shots. More with Kawhi has gotten them better shots. Serge is just a smart player who, look, he knows he, he has a simple game. Um, he's going to screen. He's going to get open. And if the defense goes with the ball handler, he's going to be open for the mid-range shot. He's going to finish those, and he's going to come in for hustle plays. And th- that's what Serge did tonight. He even had, I think, the first play of the game. So, you know, before any of this stuff actually happened for Serge, you know, he checked in and very uh, quickly he got elbowed by Kawhi on a rebound, and he had his head split open, and he had to get three stitches to get it closed. He came back with a Band-Aid. Um, and then, you know, it was sort of like, all right, let's see what he can do. And, you know, in the meantime, they had to, you know, put Mark into the game, which I think was actually kind of nice because um, that actually prevented some of those Ibaka versus Embiid minutes. Like, you, you got more of Gasol against Embiid. This is like a nice, happy coincidence. But even when Serge came in, you know, like Serge versus Embiid, first play, he pump fakes, Embiid leaves his feet, and then Serge drives the lane and throws down a dunk over James Ennis, which was very satisfying. And then Serge hits a jumper, and it's just – it was a good performance from Serge, and I thought he was active on the uh, in terms of uh, contesting shots around the basket. It was another game where the Sixers didn't shoot well, and um, you know Serge also chased around on the perimeter. I think Serge is just the fact that Serge has been able to step up and give the Raptors minutes both at power forward and at center and be effective in these dual you know, big lineups. I mean, they even have Pascal sometimes at three. Like today, they had it Pascal at three again just to give Kawhi a little bit of rest start the second quarter and it worked it was like the Raptors jumbo lineup was a plus two and so I think Serge has been really adaptable he's been a, a great contributor and then even if you look at guys like Norman Powell comes into the game you know some of the two of his baskets are in garbage time but you know pull up three you know jumper or stuff like that like I, I think he has a role to play in this series just based on um his size and and um and even Fred Van Lee, who's taking a lot of heat, you know, deservedly so, because he's, you know, he has just has not been good. He only finished with five points tonight, but it, it felt like he had a much better performance. Um, you know, the one thing that Nick Nurse talked about before the game was how much, there was, despite the fact that Van Vliet's offensive production has been close to nothing. Like, literally coming into this game, he had one made field, field goal, and he got blocked four times. And only had four total assists, right? So it wasn't like he was doing a lot, but defensively I think his effort has always been there I think throughout the series he's really battled and scrapped 
uh, guarding JJ Redick is a nightmare, and uh, he's done a really good job of staying attached and fighting through screens. Like, there's a lot of contact you're going through when Joel Embiid, you know, sticks his ass out, and you got to somehow elude that and also stay close to Redick, who's just basically going to jump and vault into the air at random angles and shoot. And I think, you know, um, Van Bleet's done a good job of shading Redick. And even. Um, and even when he's been sort of matched up against guys like Tobias Harris, this is one thing with Tobias Harris I don't understand. Like, you, you're six eight, but I don't feel like he knows how to use his size. Like, he'll try to post up, but he'll go to the turnaround jumper a lot. And Fred, you know, today, uh, helping out in the post, uh, you know, whether it was digging in and swiping down a Joel Embiid, that's something that Fred has always been good at. He's he's always had good help instincts. You know, we I remember the most first time we saw was, like, you know, last year against the Pelicans, against the Marcus Cousins, he came in and had a couple of possessions where he helped down low and just swiped the ball. But, um, um, man, remember when DeMarcus on the Pelicans? That feels like a lifetime ago. It was the last season. But, um, you know, and Fred today, I mean, like, in the post against Tobias Harris, it's a little bit of like that Kyle Lowry thing where he's just going to hold his ground. He's going to make sure to push the defender in the way he doesn't want to go. And, you know, Tobias ended up selling for some bad shots. So I think even Fred contributed. And it helped that, you know, he hit a three and he also hit a layup too. So, you know, five points is just five points, but it it is a lot better than what he was doing before. I don't ultimately think that they should play a lot of Fred VanVleet. I think they got away with it a little bit today, just because the, the Sixers just kind of weren't interested in making any kind of a push. They kind of just, I guess they, I don't know, wanted the punt or whatever. But um, you know, it's encouraging. And again, like it's one thing to cut a guy from the rotation right now, and if you need to do it, you can. And the Raptors need a game four, and they basically cut Fred, but. Um, going forward in the playoffs, like I think they still need other contributors. Like you're just in the, realistically, you're if you're just not going to play with a backup point guard, like it, it still is tough. So I can see where Nick Nurse is on that point, and, and if he can buy Fred some time, and today Fred got some time because he played well enough, then I think he's going to try to do it at least if it's just anything, just to keep guys' spirits up. But seriously, this is a this is a great win for the Raptors. Um, up and down the, the, I mean, everyone making contributions. The fact that it was a stress-free game, it, it really helped, man. It it really helped because after how nerve-wracking game four was, it was nice to just have one of these to just sort of assert your dominance. And and look, it's not going to be easy. The Sixers know that, like, look, they got their asses handed to them tonight, but they're going to bounce back. They're going to play a lot harder in Philadelphia. And by the way, that fan base is ruthless. Like, I'm sitting at a bar, and I'm just like, hey, man, you know, so you know, how are your Sixers, whatever, whatever. And this was after game three, like after when they just, you know, humiliated the Raptors up 2-1. you think they would be feeling good. Sitting down at the bar, and the guys was like, you know, I hate Tobias Harris. Like, I don't think he's – I think he's too soft. You know, like, he only takes jumpers. And Jimmy Butler, like, whatever. He only plays well once in a week or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, and Joel Embiid, you know, I have an issue with him. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, he's always he's always sick and ill or whatever. He always has an excuse. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's fair. And he's like, oh, and Ben Simmons. Don't even get me started on Ben Simmons. You know, he's he, – he just doesn't know – he can't shoot. Like, I want to trade him so badly. And I'm just like – so your best four guys, you, you don't like any of them. And he's like, oh, yeah, and, and Reddick, he's just a defensive liability. I'm like, you're, got, you're up 2-1 in the series against Toronto, and, and and this is their reaction. But seriously, Sixers fans are a, a tough-minded group. And I think this is where the Raptors can, um, you know, they can really start to press their advantage. If they come out with a strong effort, and if Embiid is still under the weather, which, I mean, based on what he was like today, I mean, he did look pretty weathered. Um you know, if Embiid is still not 100% and the Raptors can get out to an early run where, you know, Kyle's scoring and Kawhi's, you know, doing his thing and Pascal's doing his thing and the Raptors are up like 15 after the first quarter, I can definitely see that crowd being antsy. And if you can send them to the halftime with like a, you know, 
with like a reasonable deficit, like I'm talking 10, 12 points, I could see some fans booing. Like we've already seen Sixers fans boo um, the team throughout these playoffs. And I don't think the Sixers players took it really well. And I think there's already signs of like, you know, the thing kind of coming apart a little bit. And in the sense that like you look at Simmons today, you think he's happy taking five shots and basically being – I mean, like, I've seen games where Chuck Hayes took five shots. You know what I mean? Like, this is, you think he's happy with five shots? I don't think so. You think Reddick is happy taking six shots? Well, I mean, whatever. He's a he's a role player, so I don't think he's going to complain too much. But I, I don't think he's ultimately thrilled. Definitely Embiid's not thrilled. He was pretty pissed when he came to the podium. You know, and then Butler, you know, when things go bad, he's going to want to play the hero. And sometimes he doesn't. And he, he's he's done great. And the two wins, Butler has been the biggest reason, well, along with Embiid for, for game three. But still, Butler was great in that game. But you, you know, we've seen Butler's tendency is look if things are gonna go bad I'm gonna you know put on the cape but like you, you know you're not LeBron so I could kind of see this team kind of falling apart just a little bit and I think if the Raptors get out to the same start they got out today where in that second quarter there they just demoralize them with a 37 to 17 quarter like if they can have a run like that and hold and hold the advantage heading into the halftime for Game Six like they could wrap it up there but. Chances are the Sixers are going to come up much stronger. And to be honest, I said Raps in seven. I still think Raps in seven. I, I still think that it's going to be difficult going back to Philly and winning that game. But who knows? With them be the way he is right now, like, like you know what I mean? Like, this, that's the whole Sixers team is just Joel, Joel Embiid. Like, he makes such a big difference. He unlocks everything. And if he's a no-show like he is, I mean, like, the eight turnovers just kills you, you know? Like, the Sixers are just such a bad – by the way, Ben Simmons had five turnovers on top of only scoring seven points. Like, really? Yeah, you really? Like, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, the two guys <laughs> that they got out of the process, combined for 13 turnovers and eight field goals. Like, you're just you're not going to win like that. And and when the Sixers turn it over, it's just they're just lighting themselves on fire because, you know, the Raptors are really good in transition and the Sixers, I, I, their, their commitment defensively is, is, is lacking sometimes, but... This is a good win. I, I would say, you know, savor it for the next day and a half. Don't get too confident just because I do believe that when the Sixers are against the wall, like, I think they're going to sh- play a lot harder and, and better, than, and that's going to impact a lot of things. But, I mean, shit, the Raptors said we're up by 40 tonight. So, <laughs> it's a good feeling. It's a really, really good feeling. In terms of your three stars, um, I mean, I don't even know. I, I mean, I, I guess Kawhi, 21 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 7 at 16 shooting. Didn't hit a three, but went seven of eight from the free throw line. Look, the best part of Kawhi's game was um, him dunking on the Sixers twice. And uh, our man, Keyshawn, uh, if you're not following him on Instagram, please do. Um, you know, it's, it's I believe it's at underscore Keyshawn Minstery, but um, on both Twitter and Instagram. But he has some f- phenomenal photos, and he, he, he got one of, of, the, uh, of, of Kawhi dunking on Embiid, and you're going to want to see that. Um. Yeah, it's you know Kawhi demoralizing the Sixers, uh, and today he was playing more of a team game. Great stuff from Kawhi. Uh, second star, I'm giving that to Pascal Siakam. I just thought that the way he came out aggressive and attacked, I think that also gave the Sixers a little bit of a not a not a mental block or anything, but just uh, the feeling of like, oh crap, like he's back and he's he's playing well again. I think just really made an impact. Um, but 25 points, a game high plus 35 in 34 minutes for Pascal. Um, seven of 19 from the field. A lot of that is just him going two of seven from three. If you take those out, like the fact that he goes five of 12 from the from two point range is is not bad for him. 
Um, but, you know, 9 to 10 for the free throw line. I like that. It's a reflection of his aggressiveness. There's one play where um, Pascal blocked James Ennis going for a layup, you know, came in, you know, as the help uh, defender and, and pinned it against the glass, got the rebound, took it the full length of the court. You know, Ennis tried to swipe at him a couple times, and then he goes all the way to the rim, somehow stretches his way into a layup attempt. He got fouled. The layup didn't really drop, but he, at least he got it onto the rim and um, hits two free throws like – you know, that's Pascal. That's Pascal. If he's going to be physically that fit, then it's going to be a big problem for the Sixers. But he also had eight rebounds and three assists and two steals tonight. And, of course, that block. And then third star, I'm going to go to Kyle Lowry. 19 points, six rebounds, five assists, a steal, a block, five and nine shooting. You know, the, the usual Kyle Lowry stuff. I don't even have to describe it anymore. But he, he was he was quietly good, quietly stellar. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, a.k.a. the James Ennis Award. That doesn't go to James Ennis tonight, thankfully. God damn. James Ennis only one point uh, and four fouls tonight. But I guess if I had to pick one guy, I would probably go with Mike Scott. Um, you know, 10 points, four rebounds, three fouls. But, you know, he shot four or five from the field, two or two from threes. Like, uh, Mike Scott, I mean, he really hurt the Raptors in that Wizards series, and I think the Raptors are kind of a little bit lucky to duck him um, until uh, the last two games so far of the playoffs. But... Or I guess the last three? He played in game three. Yeah, he played in game three. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the Raptors are willing to lucky to duck him. But, I mean, seriously, he's – it's funny because, like, when Mike Scott comes in, I'm like, he's basically replacing, like, 80% of what Tobias Harris does. Except Mike Scott makes, like, $2 million, and they traded away two first-round draft picks and also Landry Shamit for the chance to have Tobias Harris for, like, three months and then potentially resign him to a max contract. Like – I don't know. I, I, I'm I, I'm sure Tobias Harris is a better player than Mike Scott, and all things being equal, you'd rather have Tobias Harris. But I mean, financially, I, I might just stick with Mike Scott. To be honest, he 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 does most of the stuff that Tobias does. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's not like any Sixers was hurting the the Raptors too much tonight. So I'll give it to Mike Scott. And then, in terms of your Patrick Patterson Award, that goes to uh, the player who severely underperformed. Uh, I might have to give it to the entire Sixers starting five. I mean, seriously, you look at that team. I mean, their starting five needs to generate offense for them. Simmons, seven points. Redick, three points. Embiid, 13 points. Tobias, 15 points. Jimmy Butler, 22. And Jimmy did his part. But the rest of those guys? The rest of those guys combining for 38 points? I mean, like, yuck. Yuck. Meanwhile, the Raptors starters, 21 from Kawhi, 25 from Pascal, 11 from Mark, 17 from Danny, 19 from Kyle. Like, it's just not going to win like that. It's just not going to win like that. So, I'm going to give it to, you know, every Sixer starter outside of Butler. That's that's who gets the Patrick Patterson Award. But this is a great game. This is a great feeling, um, you know, filled with highlights, lots of good moments. You know, we saw the birth of Band-Aid Ibaka, um, you know, Speaking French in the post game, him and Pascal, like, this is just a great team to appreciate. You know, it's just a great team to follow. Um, and again, I, I don't, I'm I'm gonna caution against people a little bit uh, getting too overconfident. But at the same time, there's a lot of reasons to feel confident. I mean, they were up 40 tonight, so great performance by the Raptors. Um, we'll see what uh, excuse um, Brett Brown comes up with for Joel Embiid. Um, someone on Twitter came up with the nickname. Joel Webb and Bede, which I think that is brilliant. Maybe it looks a little bit better in, in print than in, in words. It doesn't necessarily flow off the tongue, Joel Webb Bede, 
but uh yeah i mean this man is really webmd with his with his excuses <laughs> it's it's really funny it's really funny that every time he has a bad game he's he's sick but uh you know it is what it is um you got you're the franchise player you know you got to do better and beat said he's got to do better and honestly, if he doesn't do better, the Sixers are done in six. And if Embiid plays better, and if he feels better, I don't know, you get some Tylenol like Kawhi did, you know, maybe they push it to seven, and maybe they even take it in seven. But for the moment, it's not looking good for the Sixers. It really isn't. So that's not our problem, though. As the Raptors, we're up 3-2. And, uh, you know, thanks, everyone, for listening. I might be doing a podcast tomorrow just uh, quickly um, just to tee up game six and sort of look ahead to the rest of the playoffs and things like this and just sort of where the Raptors stand and things. But um, look out for that tomorrow on Raptors over everything. But uh, if that doesn't come out, there will be the usual Game 6 post-game podcast. So uh, listen to it there. And also, I mean, you know, people, keep rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. I mean, I know I, I stopped sort of uh, pestering everybody, but just just keep doing it. Just keep the popularity going. Um, you know, obviously the Raptors are gaining in popularity. There's a lot of new bandwagon fans out there. If you know some bandwagon fans, tell them about this podcast because, you know, and, and the way you should describe it to them is it's like a post-sex cigarette when the Raptors win. And uh, it's literally the opposite of a post-sex cigarette when the Raptors lose. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, it's a good feeling. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.